Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe, and what a wonderful guest we have today. One of the greatest stand-up comedians in the world, and he got the honor of roasting Bruce Pritchard. And I looked up how many movies he's been in. It's approximately one million. So he is Mr. <laughs> Ron Bunches. Ron, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with both of you. I looked up to both of you for so long uh, since you were both so much younger. Uh, Bradshaw, it feels like you are apparently going backwards in age. What is it just that golf and that Bermuda sun? Are you what you got that HGH running through you? What's going on? Uh, all uh, the uh, above, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always say, What are you taking? Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, Ron, it's great to have you on. We, we first met out in Chicago, I believe it was. Uh, you know, that uh, that guy, Bruce Pritchard, out there, and uh, you know, uh, cussing him up one side and down the other. And I really enjoyed that. That was my first taste of getting to know real comedians like yourself and Taylor Williamson and, and, uh, and, uh, and Ron and all, all those guys, man. What, what a great time, man. I appreciate it. Then, then I had the pleasure of running into you in LA at the, what is it? The comedy club, right? At the comedy store. Yes, sir. Comedy store. Uh. Yes, sir. I really, yeah. The, the, um, the roast was the first time I met you and I, um, just really enjoyed working with you because um, a lot of the other wrestlers, they didn't really, you know, they, they I don't think they respected what we did as comedians, some of them. And, and you were very much interested in, in like what could be done to, to kind of help your jokes and make things better. And just working with you was so easy and, and fun. And, and you were, um, I mean, just genuinely hilarious just as a person. And so it was now, and before that, I was just terrified of you. So it was nice <laughs> oh, you to see that be, side uh, of you. <laughs> yeah, I still am. Yeah, I, I, your buddy, uh, oh, Taylor Williamson said I had a boring life. I was hard to write for it, that wrote. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, also I know I don't know if you have more than one one I don't know how many children you have but I'm friends with, with one of your your son at least and he's the, the one I think he works in botany and um he's just a really cool yeah. dude I really enjoy him as well that that's the young one I got one in West and that's West and that young Joe he, he's a landscape architect so he but his main love is botany and, and plants he got, he got that from his mom mm -hmm. we we got a few acres here in, in uh North of Tampa here, and uh, he's turned it so him and him and my wife turned the damn thing into a botanical garden here. Man. I'm like, well, what's where I step, you know, and where I where I go to pee at night time. <laughs> That's the important part. When I pee on a plant, man, I hear it all the time. <laughs> it turns yellow right away. I don't know why. <laughs> you can't hide that pee? evidence. What are you doing peeing on a plant? Well, John, I live out here in the country. Nobody's around, you know, except the birds and the bees, you know. So I, I, when I got to nature called, I'm old. That's my excuse. When nature called, man, <laughs> I look around, make sure there's no possum or raccoon watching, you know, because I don't want to get them jealous or anything. And I, I, I find me a plant and I relieve myself. <laughs> and I get I get called out for it. I don't know how they find it. They must have some kind of detectors on those damn things. Maybe because the plant dies. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually it. Yeah. That's usually yeah. Ron, Ron, enough about my plants here. You know, it's a little bit about you know, your passion for wrestling and, and how you got that. You grew up where, in between L.A. and Portland, somewhere in that area or what? I was uh, born in L.A., but I was actually raised in Chicago, and that probably had the most to do with me becoming a wrestling fan at a young age. It's just Chicago was a, a hot... A, used to be a hotbed right. for pro wrestling. And um, I grew up in a house. It was, I was a single parent. My mom raised me and, and she had her sister there and my sister and my cousin, and it was all girls. And the only kind of like 
boost the testosterone I would get as a little kid is that my uncle would take me out to the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago and we'd go see house shows and we'd go see Hulk. I remember seeing Hulk Hogan and Earthquake and Stretcher Match. I remember first time I saw Coco Beware and Frankie and just all these things that I was like, this is the when I first saw the Ultimate Warrior and just the tassels and the hair blowing. And I was like, this is something that uh, I love. And it's been like that my whole life, pretty much. Well, from what you're describing, I had to be in, in the 70s. You, you know, you all those stars were running wild at that time. I'm not sure you Who was your who was your absolute favorite during that era? Was it uh, Hulk or was it Coco uh, uh, with Frankie or what was it? Um, if you when I, I mean, I think just like most kids, I was a Hulkamaniac. So Hulk Hogan would have been my end all be all. But right below him for me was uh, Owen Hart. I always oh, liked yeah. like Owen with with uh, Coco and high energy. And then when he went off and did his own thing and um, it's just something about him being like kind of brash and funny and uh very skilled at the same time. And it's not like I knew anything about like work rate or anything of that nature, but I just always was drawn to a smaller guy who could, could the, the, the enziguri, just that move. I was uh, like, wow, wow. What, who can do that? And it was, um, I always loved Owen Hart. Well, Owen Hart, you know, he had to have sense of humor and, uh, and you're a comedian and all that stuff that sense of humor Owen Owen was a notorious river. Did you have any of those traits uh, as a comedian? You know, are you funny guys, natural rivers is what I'm getting at? Um, some, some people are, yeah. but I think I'm, I'm in a little bit of the other camp where I was a, a shy guy, right? So my comedy was more like deflection and me getting out of bad situations and the fact that I like kind of grew up in a little bit of an unstable household. So I was mostly shy. I didn't really like rib people or pick on people or do anything like that. I was the one getting picked on and I was using comedy to get out of it. Like if, if I could make them laugh, they f- would forget that we they're about to beat me up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know we know you went on a super diet, man. You lost tons of weight, man. And congratulations. That's not an easy uh, gig to do, man. You lose all that weight. Were you a heavy kid? Was that part of the, the ribbon when, when you were young? Or? Oh, yes, sir. I was a husky child. Yes. Oh, husky, I was, what are. I was husky a, is the word. Husky <laughs> is the word. I think JBL was along those lines, too, when he was young. I was husky. Oh, yeah. We were, we were shopping in the same department. Uh, it was, and then I was active. We would do these things. But uh, I don't think um, I had to learn more about health as I got older. Like my mom would try to get me into um, healthier activities, but it'd be like, let's go walk for a half a mile and then go to Burger King. You know, so it was always undoing. <laughs> anything that we did and I would go to karate class and then come home and eat a whole box of cookies, you know? So <laughs> were you, were you a big uh, karate guy? Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up in the, in the, you know, I was born in 83. So like it was all karate kid. It was all three ninjas. It was a, a big karate time period. I still have my jaws a little loose from a roundhouse kick that I took from a friend of mine. And I never told my mom, Cause I didn't want to get him in trouble. I, mean, I needed to go to the doctor. So when you later did like the pro wrestling training, you, you'd already done a lot of martial arts training before. I, well, I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, I, my martial arts training was like at seven, eight years old. So it wasn't something, <laughs> it wasn't strenuous. It wasn't high impact for me, actually going, when I went to pro wrestling school and I went to the Santino brothers Academy, and then I also went to some classes uh, taught by uh, Shane Hayes, who was slapjack in WWE. And um, the Santino brothers one was definitely the first time where I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm, if I had played football in high school, if I had went to a college uh, team, like this is first time I was taught to like, you come in and you shake everybody's hand and you introduce yourself when you walk in a room. These are, and these are qualities that I now take. Like if I have a pitch meeting, if I have a place where I'm going to go network with people, I, I take those things. Cause again, I'm a very shy person, but now I go, Hey, just go in, shake their hand, look them in the eye and introduce yourself. And that's, I mean, that was actually very life-changing for me. You know, that's such a wonderful tradition. It's one of the things, you know, the old wrestlers always do. And, and it's something I still do as well. You know, walk into a room full of people that 
you know, I've always go around, shake everybody's hand, say hello. You know, not even in a, not in a wrestling uh, dressing room, but anywhere. You know, it's just it's just kind of a, a neat thing that uh, is a great tradition that wrestling is passed down from one generation to the next. No, absolutely, and it's something that I think as a society it used to we used to be a lot bigger on, and now it's yeah. it, it's much more rare. So I, I love bringing that back. Did you guys have that? Me too, uh, where you go in on that because when I was out to comedy club there in LA, there was a lot of you guys backstage and a lot of you guys were coming in and going out and all that stuff. So, um, no, it's a more of a solo experience, solo sport. We all kind of know each other a little bit, but I would say, and I don't know, maybe wrestling is like this. You, you guys would have to tell me more than I would know, but um, a lot of times with comedy, they don't want to talk to you until they know you're going to be here for a little bit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's the same with wrestling, man. You size somebody up, what you know? Is he gonna be? Is he? Is he gonna be putting food on the table? <laughs> hey, Ron, I played pro football for a few years, and whenever the coach would call you by your number, you knew you were in trouble. <laughs> they, they didn't want to learn your name, so they didn't mind cutting you. So if they were saying like, "Hey, uh, 61, uh oh, <laughs> I'm on the bubble." <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon used to have a favorite saying, you know, we'd get a new guy and, you know, it would, everybody, you know, would, and Gorilla, you know, had, had that ability to size somebody up because he'd been in the business so long and tell, you know, and if Monsoon didn't like it, you know, you, hey, what, what's it? Don't commit his name to memory. You don't have to commit his name to memory. <laughs> <but> so, <laughs> in other words, he ain't going to be here long. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's true. You know, it's all, but that, it seems harsh, but that's what, what any type of successful endeavor is, right? That's something I always try to tell myself and remember that this isn't something that's promised to anyone. This isn't something where it isn't like a, we all hang out together, so we all end up making it. It's like if you, if you don't put the effort out, if you're not bringing something new, if you don't have a business mind as well as uh, being funny in a unique way, like, you might have a long haul ahead of you. So, you know, this, this comedy is just like wrestling doesn't owe you anything. You know, well, you know, uh, Owen has a pretty cool uh, history, you know, with uh, Coco, you know, it's funny because in wrestling history, you always had groups together. So you had Cowboys together, you had natives together, you had Samoans together, you had blacks together, you had Mexicans together. Everybody was together. Very few were integrated. And so Gerald Briscoe and Thunderbolt Patterson were one of the first, Coco and uh, Owen were one of the first as well. Me and Ron were one of the first as well. So it's uh, you're, you're dealing with a couple of guys who have something in common with that. It's just, it's just something that had never been done. You know, it just no. for some reason, it just everybody got put together. You know, if you have Italians come into a, a company, the Italians are all in a group. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's funny how it's uh, it's changed over the years, but back then it was it was different to, to have that. Well, I tell you, that's one of the things that I really respected about the tag team of, of you and Ron is that it, none of it was ever race based. Right. It was yeah. always like two ass kickers who just like to drink beer together yeah. and hang out and enjoy each other's company. And and without really saying anything or doing anything, that's such a, a, a positive and progressive thing for young black kids to see or for anyone to see that it's like it doesn't have to be this type of uh, like super like affirmative action type deal it just has to be like look at this motherfucker look at this guy they're both big badass dudes they put them together and they kick ass it's yeah and ron wouldn't they wanted to make it about race at one point and ron ron wouldn't let him uh, and i i completely agree he goes if you, if you make it about that it becomes about that he goes it's mm -hmm. better we're just friends he goes that's yeah. all it is and so and i always thought that was the right way to approach it i agree they, they, right. Nowadays, when they want to get me to come to an autograph convention, uh, I hate going to, I hate traveling. And they'll say, Ron's here. Go, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. You, you win. All right. Oh. <laughs> There's a few things oh. that either one of us uh, out, out of our home there. And Ron Simmons is truly one of them because uh, <laughs> right. I've been called on to do a couple of them. I'm just like, Donald, who's going to be there? Who am I going to be with? Well, they'll just go naming off several guys. Ron Simmons, I said, okay, I'll come if my table's right next to Ron Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I know I can rib him about football in Florida State all night long. <laughs> oh, man, he's truly one of the few people 
um, which is so funny. My wife always laughs about this because like I, I work around a lot of different people and and I don't know celebrities. I don't know. Like I'll work with like big name people and I'll be like, I, I don't I, this is a nice she's a nice lady and but like i met ron simmons and it was one of the most tongue-tied starstruck <laughs> experiences of my entire life because that guy just meant so much to me just um again just and when i especially when i grew up as a kid either the all the black characters were flamboyant and happy like coco beware which is fine or or they were like very savage and, and menacing and which was not as fine to me. Uh, but to have Ron Simmons just be this badass and be this ultimate dude. And when he won the WCW title it, it is, I tell people, I'm like, that's one, that's a underrated moment in, in like black history. That means a lot more than, than people give it credit for. Yeah. I, I agree. When I, I did his uh, hall of fame induction, you know, as his friend and, and uh, I remember right before I walked out, I thought, you know what? This is our Jackie Robinson. And, and I started getting nervous about it, you know, because I thought I, I'm not just living up to, to Ron. I've got to live up to the history of what Ron represented. And, and to me, that's always so cool. And Ron has carried himself so well. You know, Ron, uh, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, some guys don't want to be role models. I don't mind being a role model. And, and that's Ron. He's just a, he's just a different guy, man. He was, he's the right guy to break, you know, to break a barrier you have to be better than what's on the other side of that barrier. You mm -hmm. can't be equal. And that's why Jackie mm -hmm. was the right guy. You know, that's why so many different guys were, Ron was the right guy. You know, those are impressive guys that break barriers. Absolutely. Were you always like when, when you were in high school, did you always want to be a stand up comedian? Oh, I want to be a stand up comedian since I was five years old. Yeah, for uh, sure. Really? I, I, I love comedy. Like when other kids are watching, cartoons and going outside and playing ball. I'm watching like I Love Lucy, Green Acres. I'm watching all these like sitcoms from the 50s and 60s. And it just kind of grew my love of comedy. And then from my love of comedy, my mom kind of introduced me to stand up by taking me to different concerts. And I would see these open and acts. Um, and then growing up in Chicago, you see people like Bernie Mac uh, very early. And, and I would always just, we would rent these VHS tapes from this place called Hollywood Video in Chicago. And um, I get to rent a tape. My sister would rent a tape and my mom would rent a tape. And I would always alternate between a wrestling tape or a stand-up one. And that's what I would always pick. Some, if they had a new stand-up one I haven't seen, I'd watch some Chris Rock tape or some older Richard Pryor tape or Red Fox. Or if they had some WCW Super Brawl thing I haven't seen or World's yeah. Wildest Matches, <laughs> then I would, I would get that. I would those, those be the, and to this day, to, I'm going to be 40 next year. To this day, most of my entertainment is either watching comedy or pro wrestling. Here's a little gift-giving whistle from Omaha Steaks. Dads want steaks. And with Father's Day around the corner, there isn't a better gift than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, top JBLGB in the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package for just $99. This limited time package includes 16 mouth-watering entrees guaranteed to love like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignon, gourmet jumbo franks, and their air-chilled boneless chicken breast. And for a sweet finish, delicious caramel apple tartlets. I'm getting hungry just thinking about them. And as a special gift for my listeners, when you type JBLGB in the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you also get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. These burgers are full of bold, beefy flavor made from 100% Omaha Steaks, and now they're bigger than ever at a whopping six ounces. Don't wait. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send him an experience he'll love and can share with you. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and type JBLGB in the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees and four desserts plus eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. Omaha Steaks. It just isn't steak. It's the best steak of your life. Guaranteed. That's OmahaSteaks.com, keyword JBLGB. Who, who was that comedian, Ron, that, 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 that flipped that switch to say, man, this is, this is it. This is this where I want to be. Uh, Comedian-wise, it was two people. It was Dave Chappelle and, and Mitch Hedberg for me when I was um, watching. And this is, you know, older. So this is like Dave 
when he was pretty young and he he was doing this special called Killing Him Softly. And it was the first time that I saw a black comedian who was kind of like me, who was kind of nerdy, kind of soft spoken and would go off on these like tangents. And, and before that, like uh, they were always very talented comedians of color that I enjoyed, but I never saw myself. I never saw myself in like a Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy because they were very like smooth, very fast talking to get the girls. That wasn't my, my, that wasn't my history. So to have someone that, that was more like nerdy and someone I could look up to him and then Mitch Hedberg. Um, those were the two where I was like, I, if they can do this, I can do it. And um, to bring it back to wrestling and, and, and comedy to kind of match them together. Um, I had already started stand up. I was doing open mics at this time and I was work with all these headliners and either they were bad and um, just not very artistic or they were very egotistical. And again, I wasn't seeing myself in, in these headliners and I was like, oh, maybe this isn't the job for me. And then my friend who, who passed away a few years ago, he actually got a gig opening for Roddy Piper. And when I saw Roddy doing his stand up and telling his stories and then even more, I got to go backstage and I talked to him about how I was a fan of his, and how much I liked wrestling and I stand up. And then his just the way he was soft spoken and he just talked about how much he loved the craft and how much he loved art. Now, it was a, when I met Roddy Piper it was the first time I go, oh, there are celebrities that are like me. And I don't have to be like some fur coat wearing, you know, shirtless six pack ab dude to be a celebrity. You can be nice. You can be sweet. You can be soft spoken. You just have to be good at your job. And, I was, and, and Roddy Piper was the first person that really taught me that. I think that's the first time Roddy Piper's ever been described as sweet and soft spoken. Well, he was older. He was, <laughs> he was older. That's how he was older. I love that. <laughs> that that had done wore off at Roddy's ass. <laughs> how was Roddy? Because Roddy was really good friends with me and Jerry, and we both loved him. Uh, how was Roddy as a comedian? From from a, a comedian who would analyze him, how was Roddy as a stand-up? Um, Roddy was good in the fact that well, here's what I love about with any actual like good wrestling standup. I probably put Roddy and Mick Foley in the same regard in that they know what they're good at and they know what the people want from them. And then they find like more inventive and fun ways to give them that. It's not like they he was like, here's my you know, he wasn't coming out there being Jerry Seinfeld. You know, he was telling stories about his life, telling stories about wrestling. But then he would go into just like some slice of life stuff and you're like oh he's taking this seriously he takes this as seriously as as i do and that that's all i ever care about i don't really you know good or bad is so subjective and so uh temporary in my business somebody's horrible and then six months later they're great you know so i i just mostly care about do you care about this do you actually give a cap about the craft of it and and um roddy certainly did you know, Ronnie, that, that's, uh, hearing you describe it is really the same feeling that John and I and a lot of our, our, our cohorts have when comedians are not comedians, but entertainers come into our business. It's not whether they're good or bad. It's, it's the respect that they have coming in. We've seen some big stars come in. I had no respect at all. And they're right out. They're not. Improved. We've had these other guys that, you know, Bad Bunny and and, and, and Logan Paul and some and uh, McAfee and these guys come in. They respect our business so much and they work so hard at, at refining this craft, too. That's similar like what you were saying about Hot Rod. I know there's Hot Rod or uh, Lord Stephen Regal and Mick Foley, a lot of these guys that do what you do. And they have truly have a passion for, for mm -hmm. the comedy sense of, of entertainment, too. So. That's good to hear that you guys kind of judge, you know, the effort, the, the passion of people they have when they get in your business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I try to do with anything that I go into, whether it was like when I made a transition from just being stand up into acting. Because I didn't like it when I see these actors and they show up at these at the same shows I'm at. And they're like, oh, my manager told me I should be a stand up because that's that might help me right now. And it's like, well, you don't. I've been doing this for 15 years. I used to sleep in my car to do this. So <laughs> let me tell you, your manager's wrong. 
<laughs> you know, there's two things that everybody thinks they could do in this world. One, be a wrestler, and the other, be a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I see so many similarities, for sure, between the two. Uh, yeah, because it's the same thing. It takes a, a big craftsmanship. People who are great at either tend to be able to pick up other skills, right? People who are great pro wrestlers can become great can get into music and get into other things is um but it's almost impossible for people to go the other way you have so many more examples of people who can pick up that live because i mean at the end of the day right that's what we're talking about live performing being able to manipulate an audience being able to make people go one way and then trick them to go another way um those things are similar whether you're doing stand-up or, or or doing comedy or doing excuse me or doing pro wrestling it's just you i'm usually just always going for laughs and it was actually the first time when i did the match record like oh man it's fun to make people concerned i never knew that i just thought you know, laughter was the best but when you when i got hit and i go down and i hear people go oh i was like oh okay this I is get what it's about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's where those hairs stand up on the arm and it gets you addicted yeah. like drug going through your exactly yes yes sir you know i always just said when somebody asked me to explain wrestling i always explain to them it's like two ad-lib comedians you, you get up there and you have an idea of where you want to go, but you got to read the crowd. And if the crowd doesn't like it, you go somewhere else. And that's to me, the best way to explain it is from ad-lib comedians. So if you, if you're an ad-lib comedian, you're standing up there a lot by brother, brother, you're naked in front of the world. Uh, you know, this better than, than we do. I mean, it's, you, you sink or swim out there. Same in wrestling. You know, when you get out there and you got 30 minutes and people expect something out of you and they don't buy something initially, you have to change. Then you change again. You finally figure out what they're buying and, and every crowd's different. You know, Cleveland to Detroit's different. Cleveland in the afternoon is different than Cleveland at night. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I know, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. If you can do that, like you say, you can transfer that to almost anywhere in the world. Yeah, no, and they're both so... To me, they're both the the building blocks of entertainment. They're both the most purest form um, because I, and I don't want to generalize or dismiss what you guys do at all. But it was when I was in class when I was like, oh, oh, I'm starting to get it. It's like it's actual grappling plus some gymnastics plus acting. It's like it's all it's all the basic skills of performing all together in pro and, and that's why i never understand when people are so dismissive of it just like they can be of stand-up right where they're like oh i can do that i can do it's like when you look at it it's so hard how can you do all those things live you know right with no safety net you know just yeah. like a stand-up comedian yeah i love the the skit you did i was running so much of your videos before you came on um is wrestling fake and your your answer was thank god it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got a guy with a snake in a bag i mean it's thank, thank goodness that, he, that he's in on it the snake may not be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i just could never to me that when someone because i'd have bring ladies over on dates or invite them to shows. And to, it was always to me, the mark of like someone who wasn't with it. It wasn't where they'd be like, well, how could you like it? It's vague. And it's like, how could you, how do you watch anything? If you, if that's your attitude. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's just one of those things that y'all got to, are people entertained? And that's all yeah. it boils down to. If people are entertained, then, then, nothing else matters yeah absolutely and i just love you know i love bringing new people into it i'm getting my wife into it my my son it's just it's nice when you can introduce people who who come in that with a dismissive attitude and then they uh, can they see the same magic that you do in it i, I, so, I love that so whether it's wrestling match you end up going forever 
I was yeah. watching it today. I mean, that was a long match. And you threw the uh, arm drags at the beginning. I know we asked you before we were on, on official live record here, but was that a Jack Briscoe arm drag or a Ricky Steamboat arm drag? Oh, it's always a Steamboat arm drag. I just, <laughs> just, uh, definitely thank, always. Thank goodness, because Jack, Jack would be upset in his grave if, he, if you said that as a Jack Briscoe arm drag. Yeah, I know. I, Ron, yeah, it, it was a, it, they wouldn't have executed them properly. <laughs> Jerry freezes up on us. Don't worry. It's just because he's old. It's that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with his wife. As long as I come back, man, that's all that matters. <laughs> Jerry's, a, Jerry's 150. And I hate to tell you this, Ron, but he actually died like 20 years ago. He just won't check. He's just too tough and stubborn to check into the cemetery. Oh, and in that case, you look good. I thought you looked like shit, but if you had died already, you look like He's been dead for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just just won't check in. They just brought me up in this chair and uh, turned the internet on when it works, you know. Hey, Rod, when he had a heart attack, uh, I called his wife to check on him. And I said, how's, how's Jerry doing? She goes, oh, my goodness. And slurring his words. He doesn't know where he is. I said, that's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the friends I had. Ron, Ron <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you decide uh, that you are going to get involved in, in this wrestling out there? And, and walk us through the school and, and, and the guys that, that helped you and did a great job of, of helping you prepare to get in the ring. Oh, absolutely. Uh, basically, I, I started to do well in stand-up comedy. Um, and what the big issue that happened is that I had a friend of mine suddenly pass away. And I think, like, for a lot of people, that happens to you. you it's the first time you really start going, like, oh, wait, I'm an adult. I could die at any time. I want to go. Maybe there's some things I still want to do and I want to accomplish. And for me, like I said, I either wanted to, my whole life, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian or I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Those are only two interests that I had. And I was like, stand-up's going well. I'm not getting any younger. Let me see about pro wrestling. So I went to class at the Santino Brothers Academy. Um, some wonderful people, wonderful teachers there at the time. Uh, Brody King, who is now at AEW, he was one of my instructors. Um, uh, so uh, Jake, I believe his name was Jake Atlas in WWE. He was one of the instructors there as well. Um, this was Heather Monroe. And um, and they really drilled in the like craftsmanship of it and the fact that we had to do it was very what I imagine is I don't know what is old school, but it felt old school to me. It was lots of squats, <laughs> lots of uh, push ups, lots of sit ups, a whole hour of wearing you down before you ever even like did any rolls or tucks or bumps or any of that nature. You And so I vomited a fair amount of times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I learned about myself and I was learning that I can push myself. And, and like you said, Mr. Prisco, uh, I had lost a bunch of weight and I really wanted to learn what my body was capable of. I didn't I wasn't really aware. Of, I still had the same mindset as if I was 350, 360 pounds. And so I was like, let me see what I can actually do. And I went to class for a few months, but the stand up started picking back up for me. And, I, and it was I didn't know how much I was affecting my other classmates when I would miss a class and then they'd go to pair off and I wasn't there for a week, you know, so I had, so I dropped out of that class for a while that was just to re- respect other people's time. Um, and then it was actually uh, Shane, Shane Hayes, the, the old slapjack, uh, who reached out to me and was like, hey, I saw you training. I saw you stop. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't go with this reg- regimented program. And he was like, hey, I have a group of people who are not wrestlers they're comedians and actors and other things if you just want to come by and just practice for a while come on by and that kind of reignited my love of it because i was like oh i'm not myself every time which would be fine if i actually wanted to do the job but i was like i'm not going to really become a wrestler not happening i'm not starting over uh i'm already making too much money in comedy to start over for wrestling money uh so 
it was just doing it for fun. And I got the chance to do the match. I've been going to a bunch of GCW events. And um, when I told them I was training and, and they have a Tony Depp in there, who's a, a very safe and good to work with. And, you know, cause they got some people over there that will kill you with, with and I don't want, I don't want to get in a ring with them, but <laughs> Tony was nice and safe and wonderful. And uh, also slapped the shit out of me. Cause I think he wanted to make sure that I wanted to do it. And so, <laughs> But we had a great time. One one of the best experiences of my entire life. Are you gonna Are you gonna do it again? No. One twenty minute match that I got on tape. Let someone offers me a bunch of money. Hey, at that Royal Rumble, I'm ready for the Rumble if somebody's asking. But as far as me doing independent dates, no, I, I think I, I can I can spend my time doing stand up, and my wife will be happy that I won't break my clavicle. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. Now, now, when you were doing this, what would, what was your family's response? Are you crazy? Yeah, pretty much. You're crazy, <laughs> but they already know I'm crazy. My yeah. wife knows I'm crazy. My wife knows, like, once I set my... Once I say, hey, I'm doing this, there's no talking me out of Did it. Did anybody so. try to talk you out of it? My manager tried to talk me yeah. out of it. Of she course. was like, yeah. <laughs> he saw his money tree going down. Man. Yeah, like, if you break your neck, we, we you got it. You supposed to be on set in a couple of weeks, so we can't have you break anything. Uh, so she tried to talk me out of it, but again, there's not much. Um, I just like I don't do things just for money, you know. I like to, especially now that I do what I love and I do stand up and I get to act. I, I like to do things because I truly love and enjoy them. And it, there was no talking me out of it once it, once it got going. And the only, I got so much positive reaction and so much positive feedback from the other wrestlers on the show. And, and the only negative I got, of course, was from some of the people online. And it was like, oh, this is just like stand-up. The only That's people right. who talk shit are the people not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You now, said one. You said a good friend of mine, uh, Too Cold, gave you a great uh, compliment right after the match. Yeah, yeah. Too Cold, he came up to me after the match. Um, I was trying to stay away from everybody, even though I'm a big, big fan, starstruck by him. But I didn't want to. Hey, I was focused, first of all, and nervous, which I love because, you know, I've been doing stand up so long that sometimes I'm not nervous before I go up. But I was nervous the whole day before that match <laughs> and, and wanted to make sure I didn't mess up. And then after the match, uh, Too Cold came up to me and he was like, hey, I don't know who you are. They told me you're not a wrestler. They told me you're some type of comedian. He's like, I don't know what you do, but I can tell you, you're definitely an entertainer. And that was one uh, coming from someone who grew up watching Too Cold Scorpio, grew up in Flash Funk. Uh, that, that ended my night perfectly. Well, you know, the, the whole key is do you leave the people on their feet? And, and you left the people on their feet. Now, you had some, you had some people dancing with you that were good dancers. You know, you had, you had, you had, you had help. But yeah. you left the people on their feet. And that's the measure of everything. You know, some people get into so much about the work rate was this, the work rate was that. The, the work rate, if they're on their feet, the work rate was awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I knew what I can bring and what I couldn't bring. I couldn't bring someone who knew how to throw the perfect arm drag or no. To, to counter every hold but i know how to to think out a story and so just putting together that match putting together i don't want to ruin it for people who, who might want to see it it's on my youtube if anybody wants to check it out uh but just putting together like the portrayals the this the that everything that was going to happen how it was going to how he was going to uh, take me for granted and, and allow me to blow up and take advantage of the fact that he 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 was underestimating me all these things were you know things that i thought about and, and tony and i talked back and forth for a couple of weeks and and that's where i knew i i could bring something in that like i was like i know how to at least tell a story that's the important thing that we preach all the time. No matter no matter your level, tell a story out there and and and, and it'll get over if you stay consistently. 
I, I got a question. I, you know, you've been you've been introducing some of the, the biggest country uh, comedy clubs in the, in the entire world, and you get the applause, you get this feeling when you go on stage. But that night, when you got the introduction of your first pro wrestling match, how did that feel walking out into that that stadium, that arena that night, getting into the ring? What kind of feeling did did it was it similar to one of your your star performances on the comedy scene, or how how was it? Um, it was most similar to um, the first time I ever did comedy. First time I did comedy, I did an open mic in Portland, Oregon. And I talked about probably like five minutes about man boobs and other things <laughs> and just bad jokes, probably that weren't good. But people laughed and it gave me a high that I had been chasing ever since then. That it, I remember because I remember clear as day that I had parked my car one block from the comedy club. I knew exactly where it was parked. But after I did that set, I was on such a high. I couldn't find my car for a half an hour. I had no idea where it was. I was like, I know it's on this block. I know that. And then I just remember at some point I go, I don't care if I ever find it. I don't care if I ever find it. I'm enjoying this walk. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I know what I want to do with my life is, is the feeling that I had. And, um, and the rest of the shows and doing shows after that was like, okay, now you really have to do work and this isn't as easy as you think it's going to be. Um, but doing the first time when I got introduced and I was coming out and people were on board, it, it was that same type of feeling. I've only had it two or three times. Uh, when I like one time I opened for Dave Chappelle at like this 20,000 people theater and I, and nobody wanted to see me. Everybody wanted to see Dave Chappelle, but by uh, my third minute in, I got them on my side. So by the time I was done, like, no, no, you know, to, to, to get them to forget about Dave for a few minutes was another time where I got that same high. And then the only other time I can say was when I did that wrestling match. Mr. Briscoe and I, after uh, several hundred nights have not found our car either. <laughs> <laughs> and I won from the ring high either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that might have been good. Yeah, that, that we were high, worked out better. <laughs> and a lot, a lot of times it was right out the door of a hotel room, you know. Yeah, I've had a few of those as well. <laughs> Did you ever uh watch uh being a comedian and love wrestling the Andy Kaufman stuff? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about Andy Kaufman? I, I thought it was just fantastic. I mean, he, he was the hottest, one of the hottest names in the South at the time. What do you yeah, think? I loved it. I mean, I, I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. That's some of the stuff that I go back and research when I was getting ready to do my match was just a way to like, keep it realistic and keep it like, Hey, I know I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm not going to come in and be like, I'm the biggest wrestler and you're going down. I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm a comedian. I know I'm a comedian, but what happens if you lose to me, then you're a big fucking joke, you know? (laughs) And so it was looking at his stuff and how seriously that he took it and just good. And just, I mean, I still, and I know because you couldn't really redo any of those bits today, but just him <laughs> wrestling a 250-pound woman that at a pool and it still makes me laugh. It's such a funny bit to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing the stuff that Kaufman did. None of it could be done today. No. But well, you know, one thing that there was, uh, you know, Kaufman uh, never cashed a check. According to Jerry Jarrett, he never cashed a check. He just did it because he loved it. You know, he just wanted to yeah. come down and he he called and he wanted to do it. And he he loved every second of it. Oh well, we're the, we're the same in that way because I never I never got paid for any of it either. I never <laughs> never checked in. I go like, whatever you offer me, I'm sure is going to only make me feel insulted for the night. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that's a good charge, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you like best? You've done you do voiceovers, you do movies, you do stand up. Uh, what what is it that excites you the most, or is it all of it? It's all of it. It's, it really is all of it. I I just like not being bored. I like new experiences. I like um, doing things that I never thought I would do. Like I I hosted a 
spinoff of the Chop series. That's like a tentpole series. And I got to host a spinoff of it where people were cooking with weed. And I was like, I can't believe this is my life. I hope I am the host of a cooking show. I can't even cook. I can't cook <laughs> worth shit at all. And 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 just being doing the voiceover stuff like I'm going to I grew up watching this show called Rugrats and now I'm like in the reboot of Rugrats and things like that make me excited. Um, but if you're going to ask me to choose an order, I love stand up the most because it's the most immediate. It gives me the reaction right away. Um, it often, at least for me, it pays the least of the three. So but it's also the only one I would do for free. I wouldn't act or do voiceovers for free not at all i saw and i saw the response that uh, you said uh, the the rock is a man's beyonce mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so good and rock's response was was awesome oh man no i really appreciated that so much the fact that he even took the time to respond um uh, you know he he gave me a lot of, he did it like the week that the special came out uh, called giggle fit if people want to check it out it's on paramount plus um and i had that joke about the rock i've been doing for a while and it's just how i i feel i feel like he's one of the best human beings we've ever seen who else has a production company with his ex-wife i hate my (laughs) ex-wife I don't blame it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just think he's one of the coolest dudes ever. And when, uh, so I did that joke. He retweeted about it and it got me more promotion than anything. I mean, the Comedy Central did at all. So it was the best. When he went out one time, Kevin Nash was sitting in the back and he said, that's the only guy who looks better than his video game. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. The, the guy looks like an adventure. <laughs> and you know what's amazing no one dislikes the rock as successful no. as he's been everybody's like oh we all love the rock you know most of the time when a guy gets that successful he has a huge group of haters just because he's so successful nobody dislikes him no because he's chill he doesn't hide where he came from everybody knows the seven buck story and he he gives everybody knows that he like buy trucks for people he's helpful for people i mean you can't hate the rock if you hate the rock you're a horrible person we had downtown bruno on our show not long ago and he he went over the the night that he received his free truck from rock. I mean, even, even telling it on our show, it brought him to tears. It meant that, that monster. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's just the thought with that, with him, right? Cause it's money. He's got the money, but it's the, it's the remembering of people who helped you when they didn't need to. It's the being, it's, um, it's like the rules of entertainment It's the things that I try live by and it's what stand up is like hey i try to when i bring people on the road you with me you know I, I pay their hotel i pay their food i make sure that they don't have to come out of pocket for anything because i know they're not making money like i'm making money on these shows and because that's what the right people did for me and when you see a lot of people who don't do that anymore and i love someone who i love someone who follows the rules you know, not that everybody who's just a blind follower, but someone who follows the rules of being a gentleman and being an artist in this in any industry is something I really respect. And f- way too few people do it. We, we're, we're like uh, in our business, we have a lot of traditions, you know, like like we mentioned one shaking hand before. But there's a there's a lot of and there's comedians. Do you guys have that same fraternity? Like, you know, where there's certain things you need to do. Yeah, there's certainly, I mean, there isn't a thing like shaking hands or uh, uh, anything of that nature, but it's just more like real comedians know other real comedians and real comedians know when people are just visiting our business and coming in to make a check for a little bit and then they're going to leave and we don't really embrace them, you know, but as far as other comedians, there's people who like they go on and they go and do movies and they become multimillionaires, but they're, they're still comedians. Like Amy Schumer is still just a comedian. She still can get along with just about anybody, whether they're an open micer or a doorman or, or Chris Rock, uh, you know, Sarah Silverman, people who are just like, 
in the craft. And that's one reason why I'll never stop doing stand up, even as my like acting and voiceover and voiceover careers like get better and, and take off for me. Is like I never want to disconnect myself from the of just being funny and being able to go up there up there without a net and just be myself and be funny that way like i think everything else i've ever gotten has come from that so i just like to i just like being i love being stand up is there is there you know you're talking voiceover did voiceovers you're, you're doing a character do you do like improv voiceovers? Can you do any wrestlers voices or any promos that you can share? No, that's actually one of the weirdest part of my career is that I do so many voiceovers. I'm a Cooper and the Trolls franchise of King Shark and Harley Quinn. I got a new couple movies and new show on Nickelodeon coming out, and they're all the same voice. It's all <laughs> just my voice. Because I, that's what I'm good at. Like I, I met some, money. <laughs> yeah, I've met people who can do all of that. Like this guy named Mary Baza. He is like Bugs Bunny. He's the chipmunk. He he does every voice because he can do all the dialects. He can switch his voice into different things. Or like Dan Soder, who's like an excellent macho man and does. But I learned very early. Especially the way I talk, I have a little bit of a lisp, I have a little bit of a sing-songy thing. I don't sound like anybody but me, so I had to embrace being <laughs> me. <laughs> you're like you're like John Wayne. No matter what John Wayne played, he was John Wayne. I don't yep. care what it was. He was when he was the quiet man in Irish, but he was still John Wayne. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you just got you. I'll take that. John Wayne, you just got compared to John Wayne. <laughs> I know. I'll take that. That's right. You're the Duke. <laughs> Do the comedy. <laughs> we had uh, we had Pete Rose come in one time. Talking about guys coming in showing respect, and Pete Rose got up. He was back in the Hall of Fame, and when he got out in front of some some interviewer, he was telling him, he goes, you know, it must have been like if these guys came into our dress room and were listening to Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. And the way he said it was so freaking cool. From that point forward, Pete Rose could have got anything he wanted in the wrestling business. <laughs> Dude, we've never been put over like that. That was the, the man with 4,000 hits just said that about us. But it's so cool when someone comes in, like you talk about Piper, you know, comes into your business. It's so cool when somebody comes into your business and has a lot of respect for it. Like you came into wrestling and had a lot of respect for it. You know, people just admire that. Yeah, I think that's just the way you got to be in, in in life. If you don't, I mean, if you don't respect it, why go do it? And don't don't go do something just because it's in the zeitgeist or it's hot or it's going to get your name out there. People can read that a mile away, you know, and especially as a wrestling fan myself. You could always tell. I remember maybe because I knew them, but when like Michael Shea and Colin Jones was in the Royal Rumble and I was like, them motherfuckers don't watch no wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that's great (laughs) we feel the same way (laughs) who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you what would they do without your income if you don't have a plan you need to go to goliathlife.com get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers you don't even have to leave the house If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. I was up with somebody one day. I was doing commentary with Michael Cole, and I forget who it was, but I tell him something. I'm trying to help him, you know, kind of how our commentary works. It's a little bit different. I'm just trying to be helpful. And he looks at me and goes, I hosted SNL. All right, pal, you're on your own. (laughs) This is going to get interesting. (laughs) And it did. Yeah. No, again, I think that uh, for me, the the respect factor, it's from pro wrestling because I love it. But in general, uh, it also comes from the fact that I, I don't follow things. I don't know actors. Sometimes I don't know if I'm in a room with someone who's really powerful. So I just try to treat everybody like they are, especially once I started acting and getting on set. I just started assuming I'm like, hey, I know how hard I work to get here. 
So I'm just going to assume anybody else that's in this area worked just as hard to get to where to get here too. It might not be the case. They might have been handed it. I don't know, but I'm going to assume because I bust my ass to get here. You did too. So I should give you that level of respect, especially if I'm your house, you know, why would I come to your house and tell you I know how to do this job already? You know, <laughs> Ron, I know, I know you got this question after your wrestling match, but you know, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out in a club somewhere. Hey, Ron, is that wrestling fake? <laughs> you don't I ever get that question. <laughs> How many times do you get that question? You don't respond the same way Layfield knocked the I get it from some. I mean, you know what I really usually get from all these comedians is they're just shocked. They were like, oh, I wish I could do that. Huh. That's the thing that I got the most from people, whether they were comedians, whether it was just some guy in the crowd when they were when it's not like some online hating or anything like that, when it's just an individual person, they just go, man, I can't believe you had the balls to do that. I wish I could do that. Yeah. And that to me right. is all I need because, you know, I'll, I'll take that leap because I knew I mean, I could have sucked. I could have. <laughs> oh, shit. But I but either way, I would have had a match. That's all that matters. I saw you on the Joe Rogan podcast. You said you thought about even going to clown school. Were you yeah. serious about going to clown school? I thought about it. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how long is clown school? Did you check into it? I have a friend who went to clown school. Yeah, did some clowning. It's pretty long. I think it's like uh, at least a few months that you got to go do it. I know a few clowns. It's not hard to find. Clowns I do in Los too. Angeles. I work with whatever work you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice, Mister Briscoe. That's just that's just not nice. <laughs> so, hey, speaking of hard work, when you when you lost all that weight, was there a point where you decided I'm going to lose all this weight? And how hard was it? What was the process? Because mm -hmm. I mean, you lost a ton of weight. Yeah, I lost about 140 pounds uh, total. And basically it was a um, two factor situation. Um, I was just always husky as we talked about before, but it was kind of counterbalanced by the fact that I did not have much money. So I couldn't really afford to like truly overeat. But then I got my first job on a sitcom and I had a bunch of money and I could order Postmates and all these food things at midnight anytime I wanted. And I blew up to like 360 pounds at my heaviest, about 363. And um my mom was concerned about me. And that that was really we had my mom had a conversation with me where she was just like, I don't like buying you clothes this size. It makes me scared. It makes me scared that you're going to that I'll lose you before I pass. And that's the last thing any parent wants. And her saying that to me kind of woke me up. And then when the show came out and I could was forced to see myself on screen, be like, oh, that's what I look like. It was the first time where I was like, oh, I don't like that. And so it, it was a combination of my mom and me being actually forced to look in the mirror. I was like, you know what? Let's fix this. And I um, was lucky enough to meet a great trainer named Jorgen, who, who I work with to this day. We worked with him this afternoon uh, and uh, we just been at it. It's a lifestyle now. I'll never stop working out. I'll never stop training um, and just keep trying to work on my nutrition. What's did the you get that same lift? Did you get that same lift from Kurt Angle? <laughs> I panned after it. Yeah. I certainly do. You're kind of similar. You you kind of resembled Kurt in that. Yeah, no, I just had to pull it down. <laughs> Let him know it's time. <laughs> Ron, I was sitting at the Cleveland uh, Airport Marriott one time with Big Van Vader. And it's about two o'clock in the morning. Bar is about to close. We're both about 20 beers in. He had just ordered a pizza and he's sitting there having a pizza two o'clock in the morning. We've had all these beers and he looks over at me. He goes, you lost weight, kid. And I said, yeah, I said, I had lost some weight. He goes, I don't know why I can't lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, Leon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is that simple sometimes. It is that simple. Sometimes. It's just like, oh, I if I just stop eating at one in the morning, things will get better. Well, you know, that, that's how it happens, sir. You don't realize it, but that world, one o'clock, you know, you work all night.
get to the hotel room, there's nothing to open except room service, mm-hmm. and all of a yeah. sudden you order double double hamburgers and stuff like that. Yeah, double fries, double fries, double burgers. <laughs> yeah, I had to learn to. Um, I mean, to, it, it really is a lot of good life lessons for me. It's just all about learning to be more self reliant, to come in prepared, and so I don't end up in these situations where it's 1 a.m. and I'm starving and I'm on the road. Now I just um, pack a lot of protein shakes with me wherever I go. If, you know, there's a few places I know where I can get what I want health health wise. And if it all if all hell breaks loose, there's a plastic shaker in my bag with uh, some protein powder so I can always uh, figure it out. If, uh, and I think that's that's been the best case It's just being prepared because when you're doing stand up, when you're doing any of these jobs where you're in charge of yourself, that's really where I think you can make the difference between if you really want to be successful and really want to make it in your chosen craft. And I remember when I started getting healthy and I would, would go, I went to one of these industry parties uh, doing this festival. And I noticed you see every comedian at the bar at midnight, but you'd only see the real rich comedians at the gym the next morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> And I was like, I want to be one of these rich comedians. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's sometimes that's kind of hard because you know, like you do stand up comedy, which I've never done, but I've done the wrestling, and and you had a late match and you get all psyched up for it. You you leave and the crowd's all happy, and then you come back to the hotel room and you go, Okay, I'm wide awake. And you got nothing to do. You know, you it's, it's, it's hard to wind down sometimes. You know, I think that's why a lot of times on the road, and that and boredom, I think that's why a lot of guys end up with, with very bad habits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You certainly can. I think, uh, uh, but that's why I like to my friends um and so we 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 like we oh we're gonna always hang out together after the after the shows we know what we're going to do we're gonna hang out together we're gonna smoke a little bit of weed hopefully that'll get me back to sleep before 3 a.m and uh and 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 then i got the right friends so then if i go hey let's go get double cheeseburgers they'll be like ah ron i don't know you know you know you really don't want to do that <laughs> and i'm like ah, all right yeah let's just let's just go back to the hotel room and play some video games i know it's very difficult to get the weight off of it which, which is more difficult getting it off of it or keeping it off of it, ron? keeping it off keeping it off of course especially when the pandemic was happening and i was like oh man i don't want to die with a salad in my belly um, <laughs> <laughs> getting back in order but uh I, I think in a lot of ways the exercising and um keeping my schedule help my keep my mindset in the pandemic um it helps me keep my mind general because again i have such a free lifestyle i don't have to really do anything but i have to keeping myself on a schedule having my son having my newborn son like having things that keep me keep pressure on me are very helpful for me what are, what are the big projects that you have now? Do you have something coming up that you're looking forward to the most? Or? Yes, couple things. Thank you for asking. I'm going to already go on tour, which I'm excited about. I'm going to the I saw your tour list. You got like tons of dates, like tons of dates. Good days, good theaters. I'm just happy about that. Trying to move up from these clubs into these theaters. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do a little East Coast swing, DC, Philly, New York, and uh, well, some other place that I surely have forgotten. Uh, <laughs> Boston. That was it. But I'm going a lot of places. People can check it out at ronfunches.com if they want to. That's what my summer is. And then I have a new show coming out on Apple TV plus uh, called loot with Maya Rudolph, um, who's legendary SNL performer and from bridesmaids. And I, I play her cousin um, and she it plays a recently divorced uh, richest woman in the world. She was dating or married to a Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk type. They get divorced and then she has to find her own way in the world as a multi-billionaire and i i'm a cousin who she has not seen in a while will i try to take advantage of her who knows <laughs> <laughs> i loved uh mojo raleigh you know, the wrestler with, uh, when uh bill gates got a divorce he, he, he told his ex-wife uh you know hey i'm i'm available <laughs> yeah i saw that <laughs> it was, uh, he is so funny he yeah, is he such is a funny, funny guy yeah <laughs> i know you're not gonna get back in the ring or at least you say you're not 
are you are you got anything else coming up for wrestling? You know, you, you hosted the part partly hosted the roast on with Bruce Pritchard, and unfortunately, Bruce lived through it. We're, we and Jerry are very, <laughs> sad about it. We're very sad about that. We're his only two friends in the world, by the way. Bruce has two <laughs> friends. It's us. We're we're his yeah. only friends. Have you got anything only else? Friends. Have you got anything else coming up in the wrestling world? Are you looking forward to doing something? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I'm doing a podcast for Spotify. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the format's going to be yet. We're really trying to figure it out. I want it to be a little bit funny, a little bit different from all these wrestling podcasts that have been coming out. Uh, but we're getting we're hammering out the details on on the creative of that. But people can probably plan to see that in the next month or so. But so I'm going to have my own uh, wrestling podcast. Uh, it's awesome, you know. Freddie uh, Prince is uh, starting mm-hmm. up his own wrestling league out there. You, you might could, you never know. You might have to bring the trunks and boots back out. I'll, I'll talk to him. <laughs> I love him. He's a he's a very nice guy. Uh, he he actually came on my other. I have another podcast where we just talk art and, and getting better at life. He came on that podcast, and we just ended up talking about wrestling all day on that one. So uh, I'm gonna probably try to get him on my wrestling podcast as well. Did you ever uh, like look at look at Freddie Prince Senior, uh, his his old stand up stuff? I mean, he was the, he was the hottest guy in the country in the, the mid seventies. Yeah, no, I remember watching the documentary about him and and just seeing just how big of a star. I never really knew how big of a star he was. I knew how big of a star Freddie Prince Junior was, but I never knew how big of a star his dad was and just how. Um, much like a candle in the wind, it was. It was so quick. He was a yeah. big star so fast, and then he was gone so fast. Uh, but he was definitely. I mean, I could see why people. He was handsome and charming as shit. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Ron, I can't. I can't thank you enough. Well, Jerry said that uh, he had got you somehow on our podcast. I, mean, I said that's so uh, wonderful. So now I'm. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to keep Jerry as my friend for another week. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's people. It's not as hard to get me as some people. Oh, I get it is difficult to get me if I don't respect you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank it's you, almost Ron. impossible to get me if I don't respect you. But I, I respect Mr. Prisco very much from afar, and then by meeting him in person, that respect only grew. So um, anything that that you ask me to do, I, I, I'm happy to be there anytime. Where would you put me, Ron? Oh, well, how the ring, can, and the ring? Yes. Where your arm dragged me. I don't think anybody <laughs> would fathom that I could defeat you in the ring at all. No matter what your age is. No, if you, yeah. you want to hook me, I'll be hooked, sir. I know. <laughs> Tap like you mean it. Tap <laughs> like you mean it. Ron, thank you so much for your time, man. We, we know you're so busy. It's a thrill for John have have someone like you on here and man everybody listen to us out there check his wrestling out you got a youtube channel tell us yep about. just check it out ron funches for the youtube ronfunches.com for all the tour dates um and then again just the logo on apple tv plus coming out june 24 if you check out those things i'll be very happy thank you awesome Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com.